Hi everyone, I'm Trisha Bell. Hi, I'm Georgie Young. And welcome to CTE Talk, a podcast where we talk all about CTE, concussion culture and sport, and life as a family member. Every Monday, we will be joined by guests to shed light on the neurological disease, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Join us on our mission to raise awareness and educate others. Welcome back to our podcast, CTE Talk. Today, we are joined by Bill Benedict, and he's going to be talking to us about his son and his CTE story. Thank you, Tricia. Um, Thank you, Georgia. Um, It's so nice to be with you. And um, as I said before we began, I appreciate all that you're doing. My name is Bill Benedict. Uh, I live in a little town outside of Buffalo, New York. Uh, And my son, Matthew, um, took his own life uh, July 1st of 2019. Um, It it totally came unexpected to us. Um, Matt had been experiencing some emotional problems, some mental health problems. for probably about four or five years. And um, I honestly thought that he had turned the corner and that he was making progress towards overcoming um, the issues that he had. Um, And uh, obviously that was not the case, but um, there's no mental health or uh, emotional history in either my family or my wife's family. Um, And it was kind of difficult for us to understand what was happening. Um, Matt had played football, he played hockey, he played lacrosse uh, from the time he was a little boy. Um, I started him in hockey when he was three years old. Um, And even then, you wouldn't think that little kids would bang their head, but he wore a helmet, but at the same time, they fall, they hit the boards, they hit the ice. Um, and so even from a, a, an early childhood, uh, Matt experienced um, rattling of that brain or uh, hitting his head. Um, as and, many young boys do, sorry to interrupt, but so well, many young boys do, you know, they're yes. just rough and tumble. In, in fact, Matt, his first concussion that we really know of, he was probably around four or maybe a little older than that. And uh, our older son uh, didn't do it on, on purpose. It wasn't intentional, but he, uh, they were at a friend's house who a friend of ours coached baseball. And he had a, a, a t-ball tee um, that our older son put a baseball on and told Matt, Matt, get back. And he uh, hit the baseball uh, off the tee and it caught Matt right in the eye socket. Ooh, and um, that'll hurt. so, yes, I mean, it hit a little crack there, but it, he actually had the, the, I guess the worst problem was that it, it really was a concussion. Um, and then, uh, so anyway, I, I, I guess that's just, uh, knowing that it, it started at such a young age for Matt. 
Mm -hmm. And you said, obviously, uh, that everything kind of happened unexpectedly. Was there any signs or symptoms that he was showing that kind of relate to classic CTE symptoms that we discussed that kind of he was demonstrating? Um, yes. I mean, looking back at it now, of course, they're so clear to me. Um, but back then, they really weren't. Um, Matt, like, as I said, Matt had played football. He played hockey, he played lacrosse uh, throughout early growing up. And then, of course, through high school. And then he went on, he played Division three college football. And um, Matt, I don't want to brag, but like a lot of the other um, CTE victims, um, was quite good and um, played a lot, um, especially in high school. Um, he never left the field. I mean, he was in a lot of ways, the team, uh, his team was not very good uh, and they really needed Matt. So, I mean, Matt would sell out his body uh, to help the team. Uh, I mean, he was really competitive, wanted to win. Um, and so he went on division three college football and in his junior season, um, we know that he actually did get knocked out in a game, um, but he never left the field. You know, he, looking back on it now and we can watch the film, we see where it happened. He went to tackle um, a quarterback. He actually got a knee to the forehead and um, it took him a little bit to, to get up and he did get up and continued to play. And then a few plays later, he was hit again. And um, it, that day, um, it just so happened that our older son and was at the game. Um, he didn't get a chance to watch Matt play. And that was the only time that he saw Matt play in college. Um, they're both, they were both college athletes. So our older son, Michael, um, played hockey and that weekend he had an off weekend. So he was able to go watch Matt. And then afterwards, later on that night, they hung out together. And, uh, I know Matt confided in Michael and, and told Michael that, he actually did get, you know, knocked out. Um, and, but the effects of that continued on. Um, we didn't know it until about a month or month and a half later um, that Matt was kind of in a funk uh, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, he, he had a hard time sleeping, uh, an extremely hard time concentrating uh, he couldn't read without getting headaches, uh, had a hard time writing. And he was a very good student um, and had a hard time actually even getting up and going to class. And then he was embarrassed. So because he was embarrassed by that, he tried to basically hide from people. Um, he became very introverted uh, and then even to his friends, you know, he, he tried to brush it off like everything was okay, but it really wasn't. Um, and then when we found out about it, uh, my wife took him to uh, a neurologist uh, and a concussion 
specialist and they basically diagnosed Matt with post concussive syndrome. Um, and I'm sure you both know what that is, but it, it kind of, you continue to have the symptoms of a concussion a lot longer than it sh should actually be. And, mm -hmm. um, so we just kind of took the word of the doctors that in time things would get better. And in a way they did, uh, or at least maybe Matt didn't lead on that he was still having trouble. Uh, so that was his junior year. And then um, he was held out because he was actually, it was confirmed that he did have a concussion. So he went through the normal concussion protocol. The school was um, real good about making sure that he didn't get back in and start uh, practicing or, I mean, it was off season, but they were doing off season workouts and things like that. So Matt was held out of that. And I know it bothered him. Uh, he had just been named team captain and he thought, Hey, how can I be the captain if I'm not showing the rest of the team that I'm doing all the work. Um, and then, so when he finally got back, it was clear to get back into uh, practice. I know he tried to make up for lost time probably and jumped in, you know, head first. Um, and then we didn't really fully know that he was still having problems, but he continued to have problems probably from that point on. And then went back for his senior year, his last year, and um, had a had a great season. His junior year, he had a great season. His senior year, he had a great season. At least we thought, and but we didn't know that he was still experiencing problems. And then um, goes through the football season, and uh, towards the end of the season, um, we had a couple of deaths in our family. Uh, my brother-in-law passed away uh, unexpectedly. And um, a couple months later, my mother passed away. And we didn't realize this, but Matt later on had written about that he really showed, he really didn't feel any emotion in both of those deaths. And he was close um, to both. Uh, he's, my brother-in-law was a favorite of Matt's and then he was pretty close to my mother and um, that wasn't like Matt. Matt normally was very loving. And um, so again, we didn't know the full extent of what was happening with these symptoms. And then, uh, so he graduates from, I'm moving along here. He graduates from college and really smart kid. So he, graduates magna cum laude, you know, gets a couple awards and he receives a big award from the school um, for football and, or athletics. And, and even then he, he just didn't really, um, I mean, it was a big deal. It was a big deal to us, at least we thought. And uh, he just brushed it off. Like, you know, he, he just didn't understand mm. how, great it was, or, you know, he, he just didn't show 
uh, I don't want to say he didn't appreciate it, but he, he just, I guess he just didn't understand um, kind of how important it was. And after he graduated, um, he wrote this, I don't know if it was really a blog, but he, he wrote this, for lack of better words, I guess, you know, he wrote this blog and he posted it on Facebook and, um, and in it, he had written that he had a couple bouts with depression. And during that time, he actually did try to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we read that, like, we just couldn't believe that was our, our little boy. But, you know, we couldn't, um, it was hard for us to, I guess, comprehend what he was feeling and uh, how he felt. And um, so he comes back home after graduation and he didn't have a job. He didn't really have any direction. And I know he was feeling lost. You know, I mean, you kind of start school, you go to first grade, you move on, you go to after eighth grade, it's expected you go to high school. And after high school, a lot of times it's expected you go to college, you go to the military, you get a job, you know, whatever in society. And um, so that was all laid out for most kids. And then when Matt graduated from college, it's like, okay, now what? And a lot of his friends had done internships, so they already had jobs. Um, And Matt didn't. And so he came home and didn't really know what to do. He um, started working a little bit and then he started coaching football. And then he actually um, started substitute teaching, uh, which, kind of gave him a little direction. And, and again, he just didn't know what to do. And uh, he decided that he was gonna go to law school. So he takes the LSAT, the exam, and but we're not lawyers, so we didn't know how well he had scored, but he scored really high. And even then, you know, we had asked, hey, how'd you do on your exam? And he just, I did okay. Well, come to find out, he actually did really well. And so he goes to law school. And the first semester that he went to law school, he hits it out of the park. He had like a 3.8 GPA. Um, And then the second semester, he just couldn't complete because he was having emotional problems. He was having, he, he couldn't sleep couldn't write, couldn't read, um, had a hard time concentrating. He had headaches. Uh, and, and so he, he was living with us at the time and decided he'd withdraw. So he withdrew and then the summer rolled around. And again, he didn't really know what to do. So picks up a job and he just starts living life and decides towards the end of the summer that 
he's feeling better and that he might like to go back to school. So he starts again, goes back. And same thing, he did really well in that semester. And then the second semester, he had to withdraw just like he had done before. And my wife and I are thinking, you know, what's, what's going on here? You know, like, is it, um, could it be seasonal? You know, he was actually seeing, started to see a, a, a psychologist and the psychologist was even having a hard time trying to pinpoint what was going on. He, he basically told Matt that he was an, an anomaly, that he, he just couldn't really figure out. He kind of exhibited uh, bipolar symptoms, but yet they, he, the doctor couldn't diagnose him with- Did it quite fit? It, yes, and, um, but he was, he was having issues. He was having, definitely having problems. Um, and um, so long story is he, he withdraws again. And just like in the past, the summer rolls around. And as the summer progressed, he started to feel better. And he, or at least it appeared as if things were getting better. And then towards the end of that year, he came to me, we had moved, we, things in life, um, we had sold our house, uh, decided we, kids were gone, we have four kids, uh, kids were all moved out, and we kind of thought, hey, uh, we'll downsize. So we um, sold our house, we built a new house, or we didn't build it, but <laughs> had a new <laughs> yeah. home built. <laughs> and, um, you know, a little, little bit smaller home. Uh, and so we, we moved and Matt was living with us. And so we discussed it with Matt. And uh, so we, we ended up moving into our new house. And then um, Matt was still, didn't really have a lot of direction, didn't really know what he wanted to do. And I remember vividly him coming to me and telling me that he had gone and talked to the dean at the law school and that they would take him back. And I was thrilled. I thought, oh, this is great. He's finally figured things out. And then he told me, he said that he wanted to go back, except that he wanted to move out. He wanted to get his own place. And even then I thought, hey, that's great he's taking a step towards maturity. Um, and he, he kind of explained that it, it was a real, it was kind of a hassle to drive back and forth and yeah, after going to school and, and I get it, I, I, I fully understood. And um, so he told me that he wanted to move out and get his own place. And, and I was supportive and I thought, hey, hey that's, that's great. And then he told me that he didn't have a lot of money, which I didn't expect that he did. He, he had been a couple different jobs. And then he was actually, he was coaching, he coached football and then he coached hockey and he was coaching lacrosse, you know, at the, his high school. And, you know, you get paid a little bit, but it's not like a, a job. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so he didn't have a lot of money. So I remember, you know, him telling me and I said, do, do you need some money? And so I actually told him I'd help him. So I gave him the money for him to get his own place. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now, I mean, that is really a regret that I have. Um, but I mean, life's full of regrets and unfortunately, I mean, that's one that I have. Um, and I remember my wife when she, my wife wasn't home at the time we had this discussion, we stood in our kitchen and it was like, a, it, it truly was, um, a very mature discussion or, you know, all his, he justified everything that he talked about. And I thought, wow, he, and I remember even, I mean, this is how naive I was or how bad I feel about it. But I remember him, I told him that I didn't know a lot about depression and and mental health. You know, I was honest and I said, you know, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm really proud of the way that you're handling things. Because to me, I thought that he was. I didn't realize that he really wasn't. He was just hiding it. Um, So he had asked, we discussed him moving out. I told him I'd give him money to get an apartment, help him out. And then I remember when my wife came home and I told my wife and I was kind of proud of the fact that we had this man to man discussion about him moving out. And I remember my wife saying she couldn't believe that I would agree to it and that I would actually help him. And I remember not really arguing with my wife, but kind of saying, I mean, he's 25 years old. You know, like he certainly can live on his own. And my wife was really worried about his mental state or his emotional state. And, um, you know, and my wife had done a lot of research into CTE. My wife was the one that taking him to the doctors. My wife was really more clued in than I was. And I remember I would spend time with Matt, a lot of time with Matt. And I know my wife was happy that I was doing that. And I never treated Matt any differently. Um, I know that he lost some friends. I know that people withdrew from being with him because he was a little bit different and he was acting a little differently. Um, but I never did. And, and I know my wife was thrilled that I didn't treat him any differently. Um, but certainly my wife was not, uh, not happy that I was kind of helping him move out. But um, so he moved out uh, at the end of the year, um, beginning, went back to school in January and then um, starts going to school. Things are going really well. Uh, He meets a girlfriend or he meets a girl and they start dating and 
uh, her family loved Matt. We loved her. Uh, you know, like it, it, it was a really, they were a cute couple. Um, you know, I, I thought everything was going in the right direction. You know, he's doing really well in school and then, um, juggling having a relationship, um, with his girlfriend. And, you know, we really thought that he was handling everything well. And then um, that was January when he went back to school. And then um, towards the end of the semester, he interviews for a summer internship. And I remember how excited he was that he received an internship at a, a local law firm. And so he finished in May uh, his semester for law school and then started in the summer his internship and at the same time he was taking a couple classes because he had dropped out a couple times so he was a little behind and so he thought that summer he would try to take so he was taking two classes besides working at this at at the firm and it was end of june we were talking about doing something for 4th of July as a family. So um, we live outside of Buffalo, New York. It's real close to Canada. Uh, we thought, hey, we'll, we'll go up to Georgian Bay up in Canada. We'll, so my, my wife rented a, a house that we were going to go. And uh, Matt and his girlfriend were, were going to go with us. Um, um, our younger daughter, um, had been away at school and then so she had come home uh so she was going to join us and it, so we were really looking forward to getting away for the fourth and then july 1st matt goes to work just like any other monday morning got up goes to work he packs a lunch we didn't know it at the time but goes to work walks in around 7 30 and everyone at the firm loved him. They they said how you know he was really pleasant, you know, well dressed, you know, he was well put together. And uh, shows up, was smiling, was talking to people like he normally, you know, he's really pleasant. Was talking to people. And then they had the interns working on the seventeenth floor at that time. And so Matt shows up to work. He talks it up with couple other people and then it's time to get to the office so he goes to the 17th floor whatever office he was working in and closed the door and scribbled a note to us real quick scribbled a note to his girlfriend and then he jumped out the window and so by by eight o'clock you know he was dead he just checked out. So, um, so we really don't know um, if something triggered it. We don't know um, if someone said something to him. We don't know. Um, we, the managing partner of the firm, was has been great to us. The, the law firm has been great to our family. And uh, I spoke to him the day that Matt died, and then. We continue to keep in touch and uh you know there there weren't 
any emails that would have set him off. Um, at least that's what we've been we've been told um, that morning about seven o'clock. My wife texted Matt and um, when Ann had texted him, she just asked, hey, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing okay. I just have a couple more classes to go. And he was really looking forward to get a, getting away for the 4th of July. And then I do know from his girlfriend that he had a couple, that he had a couple papers due. Uh, one was due. Uh, Monday and I guess Monday he, he was taking night classes working during the day and then going to school at night and then the um uh, so the one paper was due Monday another one I think was due Tuesday uh, or even Wednesday I, I'm not quite sure but um I thought well you know maybe he was having a hard time handling the work or whatever. And the law firm said he was doing outstanding work as far as they, in fact, they were going to hire him. They, you know, they had it in their mind that they wanted to offer him a job uh, when he, when he was done. And then um, his, the Dean and his professor had come to Matt's wake and said he was getting an A and, both classes that he was taking that he was doing outstanding work. So, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, I would think that he might've under, I'm hoping that he would have understood that things were okay, but we don't know that. And, and we didn't know that he had packed a lunch. Um, I mean, not to get too graphic, but the day he died, um, the, Buffalo police had called my wife. Uh, my wife works as a professor at a community college and she had a summer class she was teaching. And um, she said that this phone number just kept calling while she was in class. She was actually teaching and she just kept looking at it. And she's thinking to herself, why does this number keep calling me? And so she finally stepped out. She told the students, I just need to step out and find out what's going on. So she called and it was the Buffalo police, a detective. And um, I don't know the whole conversation, but basically had told her that Matt had died and how he had died. And then, so she called me, uh, I work out of my home. In fact, I'm sitting in the same chair I was sitting in the day, sitting at the same desk the day that Ann called me uh, to let me know. And uh, so, um, but as far as his, the lunch, um, the day he died, they gave us his car keys and his wallet and his watch and some belongings. But they, because it was a suicide, they held on to his laptop. He, he had a backpack at work and uh, I don't know, I'm not law enforcement, so I don't know what they have to do, but they had, to, they held on to that for a couple of weeks. And then uh, that same detective, they came to the house the day that Matt died to return some things. And then a couple of weeks later, detective called me and said that 
they would return Matt's backpack. And I remember it vividly. It was a Saturday morning. And fortunately, our other kids were not around. And uh, he said that they would come to the house and came and they gave me the backpack. And I even invited him in. I said, you know, do you want to come in? And he said, no, no, we just want to return this. And I had a sign, you know, that I had received his personal belongings. And uh, Anne was with me when I got it. And first thing I did, I put it up on our counter and I opened it up and there were pens and pencils and chapstick, you know, in, in one pocket. And then I look in another pocket and, you know, it was a, a highlighter. And then there were some books and uh, a notebook that he had written uh, some things for school. And, and then I look and there's a lunch and I open it up and there's peanut butter and jelly sandwich and, you know, chips. And, and I looked at Ann and I said, who in their right mind would pack a lunch if they're going to kill themselves? And right away, you know, Ann said, Billy, he wasn't in his right mind. And uh, exactly. so it's, and then shortly after, you know, Matt died, you know, he died on Monday and 4th of July was coming. And so we had to make arrangements for his, wake and all that stuff and uh, so we went to his apartment Ann and I and I really thought maybe I'd get some clues um, so I remember opening the door to his apartment you know my hand was shaking and was holding on to me we opened the door and we go in there and you know I really thought well maybe I'll find drugs maybe I'll find some reason and there were more pizza boxes and you know pizza crust and <laughs> pop bottles empty pop bottles and you know some beer cans and i mean normal stuff you know so there was no clue when we got to his car the same thing uh you know i thought maybe i would find something and there wasn't and um I just, I didn't realize what he was going through or how serious it was. And then I, I think I had alluded to both of you that Ann and I attended the CLF huddle in 2020 and Matt had died in July. And then we went to the CLF family huddle in um, February. And that really was, helpful for me or helpful to me. Um, uh, of course, Chris Nowinski's there and a lot of the doctors, Dr. Ann McKee, uh, Dr. Cantu, you know, I mean, it, it was, but um, Dr. Bob Stern was there and he gave a presentation and um, I was never good at science in school. It was, never one of my favorite subjects. And I, I just remember sitting there and it was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is way over my head. The things that he was talking about. And then right after we had a break. And so I go to the men's room 
<laughs> and as I'm walking out of the men's room, who's walking in the men's room, but <laughs> Bob Stern. <laughs> and he says, uh, uh, how do you like it? And we get talking about the whole huddle or, you know, and not so much his presentation, but the huddle. And um, I start talking about that. I'm starting to understand that it was all the concussions that Matt had that really caused the issues. And, and he grabbed me. He, he literally put his arms around me, my shoulders. And he looks right in my eyes and he says, Bill, you're not getting it. It's not the concussions. It's all the sub-concussive hits that he would have taken throughout his whole lifetime. And then I remember asking him or saying to him, I said, I just don't understand. You know, like Matt's cognitive ability didn't seem to diminish at all. And he said, Matt was really young and it was just gonna be a matter of time before things would have gotten worse. And um, it, it, it just was like this light bulb that went off in my head that it's like, oh my gosh, I finally get it. And looking back on it, I mean, Matt never, I mean, from the time he was a little boy, all the times that he would have taken hits to the head even just playing in the backyard, you know, like with my Michael, his older brother or neighborhood kids, or, I mean, all the times that he would have been hit, um, that brain rattling around. And um, I don't know, it's just. It's... That's the thing that even myself, when I first heard that, you know, our brain, I mean, we all know our brain is soft and jelly-like, and we all know the inside of our skull has got all these craggy points, but you never think about, you know, the fact that damage can be done very easily, and, and helmets don't really do much to mitigate that damage, and no. of course, that's what we're trying to bring awareness to, but even when I first heard it, I mean, I have a degree in psychology, and I heard, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess a helmet wouldn't help the brain in that situation, you know, I couldn't believe I never saw, saw it that way before. No, um, and I, I, unfortunately, we were not able to have Matt's brain um, analyzed or tested, uh, we wanted to, um, uh, I mean, the day that he died was, sorry for getting emotional. Take your time. Uh, you've told the story so beautifully, and I think the emotion just shows how raw this experience is. And, I mean, anyone who goes through it understands it, but I just don't think people can even fathom what this experience is like for people whether it's the person who's actually really suffering with the symptoms or the family members around them, um, especially in your situation where there really wasn't direct signs. And I think that's what's it's really, it's really difficult. We can be given a list of symptoms and all of that, but it's really hard to put two and two together, especially when there's still such a lack of kind of resources and information available. Um, but 
never say sorry for getting emotional. We all understand how difficult it is. And we just appreciate how open and honest you've been and are with sharing. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. I, I just keep it real. And um, it, it, it's just the, the day he died, um, I met, I met Anne at school and in to make matters worse for her our daughter lizzie elizabeth our youngest was actually in ann's office she was doing some work uh school work um at the time um and so she was in ann's office while ann was actually teaching and so uh i met ann and of course, Lizzie was there because Ann had, had to tell Lizzie. And I just, at that point when we met, um, we, we were told that we would have to go identify Matt's body, you know, by the, uh, the coroner. Uh, yeah. I, and so Ann and I were going to go do that. And then police called and said that wouldn't be necessary and it was like okay great uh, I mean I mean great but one thing that we didn't have to do and then later on that day the coroner called me and said that I didn't need to I come and identify physically identify Matt but could I answer some questions did you know like did he have scars or were there some characteristics that I could give him that would confirm that that was my son and I just remember he, he had a couple scars he had a birthmark you know I mean I was able to do that and I just told the guy I remember saying that's my son I, I just know it's my son and and Ann, Ann had asked me to try to see if we could get Matt's brain um, sent to the brain bank. And um, I remember saying to him that I wanted that. And, and he told me, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, there's just too much damage. There'd be too much damage. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know that at that point that there wasn't too much damage. I It wasn't until after the fact. Actually, it was when I went to the huddle that I realized that they really don't need the entire brain. They just need a small portion of it to, to test or to analyze. And that's a regret that, you know, I, I feel bad that we weren't able to get a hundred percent confirmation that Matt actually had CTE. Ann and I both are convinced that Matt did. And that's what led to this. Um, I just can't say I'm, mm. I have proof, um, but I know inside and I know Ann does too that, you know, Matt, Matt was probably in the early stages of CTE. Mm -hmm. and, or, um, or could have even been in stage two, stage three, mm -hmm. it just. Uh, exactly. You know? I, I, Again, I'm not, um, 
I'm not medical. Uh, you know, I, I, and at this point, I don't think it really matters whether what stage it was in, but I, we are convinced that that's what led this. And that's why when we go to the huddle or attending the huddle, everyone there gets it, you know, like, uh, it does feel like one big hug and happy family when, when you're there. I mean, I felt so, um, positive and happy about where the CTE research was going after I left there last year. And I'm really looking forward to next year. We'll have uh, to put in our notes who the, what the CLF family huddle is so that everybody knows, but yeah. No, I agree. Um, and, and really I, I got, I shouldn't laugh here. I'm trying to laugh my way out of crying, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I remember when, when Ann told me that we were going to be going to the CLF huddle and I, I was like, I don't want to be doing, you know, I, I, I don't want to go, you know, I, inside I was, I didn't tell her that out loud, but I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't want to be doing this. And so all along I was kind of resisting a, a little bit, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, um, I didn't resist going, but in the back of my mind, I guess I didn't realize it was going to be quite as good as it was. Mm -hmm. And I was really uh, pleasantly surprised and it didn't take long. Yeah. I mean, we sat down and within a few minutes, I realized, wow, um, this is where God wanted me to be on that particular day. Um, and, and truly it, it, it helped me a, a lot. Um, I think this is our first story where we've really, we've spoken to someone who's lost someone who's so young. Um, so I think it's really important for our listeners to realize how vast ETE can affect so many different people at so many different stages of life and the importance of really looking after our brains from the get-go really. So I'm sure all of our listeners will appreciate this. And I'm so, so glad that the huddles were so informative for you and supportive. And I know that's what the CLF set out to do. So we both hope to see you there next year, you and Anne. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you so much again. We do really appreciate it. Well, thank both of you. Um, as I said before, I truly appreciate the perspective that you're um, or you're moving towards trying to help family members and sharing our story. No, thank you. For sharing, we appreciate though, very much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll, we'll speak a, soon. Have and a good tell, weekend. Tell Anne, thank you. Um, and yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk soon and we'll see you next year also. Yes. We look forward to seeing you. All Great. right. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Yeah, bye. -bye. Okay, bye. bye. That is the end of today's episode, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next week, eight o'clock for the next episode of CT Talk. Hope everyone has a great week and we will see you then. Bye.